coming up on Just Elders Podcast. I like you because this nigga Taye be advocating for the frontier unlimited pass. <laughs> Listen. Taye, Taye said, y'all niggas in here trying to be bougie with Delta. Nigga, I'm in Cancun right now. I'm in the Virgin Island. Like, you do it the right way, bro. Here's the deal. Like, here's the thing. If life is all about experiences, right, you spend two hours, five hours on a flight, and then the experience happens when you get there. So if you wait in to save the money to fly a certain way, and then you wait in a year or two and you still ain't done it, you losing out. So for me... Ready? Born ready. Welcome to the weekend. Time for your favorite podcast, the favorite podcast. It's Saturday. I haven't found no shades I like with my suits yet. <laughs> Maybe uh, get some of these shades like this brother wearing. Pull, pull me up. These some cool kids right here. Man. Yeah, these niggas cool. Yes. Who is this? It's an Infinity Song. It's a black sibling soft rock indie group. They play instruments, write their own stuff. They've been in, moving around New York, playing on the street for a minute, and Jay-Z saw them play in Sign of Rock Nation. That's the short of it. And we love Jay-Z here. They, they write. Their pen game is stupid. Their harmonies are stupid. Their father, I think, found, like, Detroit's Boys Choir. They all play. This is the harmonies. They're just... Everybody can sing, too. That's if you're on YouTube, you don't hear it, but go to iPod. Yeah. <laughs> Apple, yeah. you'll hear this. Yeah. Look, we're going to do it just like this. What's up, family? You tuning into the Just Elders podcast, the hottest podcast to ever hit the airwaves. Super excited. We're about to record the greatest episode we have ever recorded. Ah. Say it every time, <laughs> and I mean it every single time. I'm not going to delay the people. Turn me up a little bit. I'm not going to delay the people. Okay. This guest. Because I've been trying to get this guest on the podcast for a really long time. Oh. Really long time. And you know how I know why we how we met? Because I save people name in my phone how I met them. <laughs> <laughs> Me too though. So, so, so I only know I met you at the Aloft Hotel one day. Oh, we were doing the like the the, the music series. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was a minute ago. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Cause I ain't been to the Aloft and that used to be like a little it's yeah. a trap now. It ain't the same. Yeah, it ain't. <laughs> so, I tried to take a sneaky link over there. And I was like, oh, this ain't the same A-Law. This, this ain't brand new no oh, more. No, they, they must have hourly rates over here now. <laughs> yeah, man. But I met you there. Okay. From there, I paid attention. Followed them on social. Followed them on Facebook. Okay. And I became, hear me out. A hater fan. <laughs> okay. And I'm uh, that's why that song is perfect. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> song was, okay. You didn't even know it. No. <laughs> you didn't even know it. So I told him I'm going to confess some stuff to you today on this podcast. Okay. <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, <laughs> one of the most interesting men in Atlanta to me. Oh, wow. <laughs> Y'all give it up for the wild African. Yes. Hey, Ty-A. hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I'm very happy to be here. Yeah, man. Um, I always ask people like, "Why you want me on your podcast?" So when you asked me, I was like, "Well, why you want me on the podcast?" Like, I, I never 
I'm not even trying to be. I, I think I'm the shit, but I never really understand what I'm about to talk about. So, so I, here's the deal. I per since you asked me, right. I've only watched the clips, and I said I'm not going to watch the podcast. So when I finally go on, I don't know anything, and I'm coming in fresh. Like good. I don't know nothing. Good. Okay. Good. That's good. how I want you. Good. So good. if I had to frame this conversation okay. while you're on here, okay. Um, this is my second episode of 2024. Nice. Uh, I slowed it down strategy with the team and we said we had this new thing we said if we don't love it we don't post it okay like damn pressure i don't give a fuck if it's a three-hour conversation too mm-hmm. if i don't love it we ain't putting it out good stuff i like that and we're being very intentional with the people we bringing on the guests we bringing on like uh it. last week i had uh yeah translate and gray they came on um i don't know if you know who they are nope uh two artists hip-hop artists Oh yeah, yeah. They 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 kind of doing this collab group thing. They they're releasing a music video with every freestyle. Like they like doing some real creative cool shit. But it's real rap. It's yeah. like they ain't capping niggas rapping about having to go get a job. Yeah, being super talented. Need niggas, that. You know what I'm saying? Niggas like it's just real rap, and it ain't corny. Need that. It ain't trying to be positive, but it is positive. It's it's refreshing. You know what I told somebody today? I was watching some of my, cause, you know, Facebook is my, my play space. It's like a free space. Right. Instagram, TikTok is like the wild, wild west, right? right. I know everybody on Facebook, right. and that's why I, I could do what I do on that. You, you right. see what I do. Right. 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 But I was telling these cats and people, you know what I'm saying, old people, that inc- includes me, they were like, yo, hip-hop, there's no good rap music out here. Hip-hop's dead, rap is dead. And I was like, y'all just not looking. Because I run into it every day. Yeah, I run into good music. Every day, and if you're really hip hop, you're not waiting for streaming radio to give you a song. Well, this is how you gotta break it down. Music is like consuming music is like consuming food. Yeah, most people that say they don't like they don't hear good hip hop mm-hmm. eating out every night. <laughs> you gotta get a home cooked meal. Yeah, you, you gotta get something that's homegrown, exclusive. Yeah. Everybody's not gonna taste it. Everybody yep. can't afford it. Yep. You got to quit eating out. Yeah. And everybody eating out. You, if all the time you learn a new song is in the club, bro, you eating out, bro. Processed food. You know what I'm saying? It's processed. All the time you're hearing on the radio, you eating out. I like so, that. So what I'm saying is you hear it every day because you got a good nutrition. Nah, nutrition is dying. I'm looking for it. I'm looking for I'm looking for the new song. I'm looking like I want somebody to tell me like, are you not up on this? Yeah, like you just did it now? Okay, cool. Now I'm going back. I'm going to go do some homework and some research now. Pull, pull me up. <laughs> First of all, if you're listening and you're with a pod and you want to really create change, like really everybody complaining and everybody got something to say about all these rappers and what they talking about and not talking about, you got some rappers that are doing it. And they ain't backed by no major label. So drop it. Drop a hundred. If you have, you got to drop 500. If man. you were real, drop a thousand. Come on, man. You, know man. you got two babies. You know That's them right now. <laughs> hey, like, I wish I had a thousand to drop on. Nah, I, I really would have. Anything hundred, is The hundred was for me was just to show y'all that y'all ain't tripping. Yeah. You mm. know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, Thank y'all ain't tripping. That's dope. This That's is what we want. Yeah. Like, there's people out here that listen to it. Uh, shout out to my boy Ty. He put out a challenge this week. He was like, look, instead of us posting what we don't like, this week, let's post only post what we do like. Okay, you know what I mean. Okay, 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 okay. 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 I made the podcast. 
podcast. Yeah, so nah, I love it. I, I, you know what? This is like a real situation. Y'all pulling up clips. Yeah, you know what I mean. I like it. Okay. Yeah, we trying. You know, uh, no, we put a little work I around see. here. This is so, a regular podcast. So before we get to the conversation, you did because you did that. I'm I'm introducing a new thing in 2024, mm-hmm. and I'm calling it the ask. Okay. Because being, I know a lot of your people, you know what I'm saying? We're going to get into that. Like, you're from a conscious community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We do work. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We mm-hmm. care about the community. It's something that we, uh, I know I was just kind of born into. It's just yeah. something I naturally do. Yeah. But it's some people that they're not in that space. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we saying, dang, people don't care. But when was the last time we actually asked? Yeah. Like, when was the last time we actually said, hey, I need you to be a part of this initiative. I need you to donate to this thing. And I will argue because we're not asking enough, people got an escape because they didn't get the opportunity. So every month I'm giving a ask of something that's going to impact our community in a positive way. Yeah. I think, I think the community sometimes and me coming up in it thinks that one, if they ask that, that, puts them in a space space where they have to actually be beholden to somebody or say they don't got it. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think, you know, the group thing sometimes puts everybody together and it's them and it's us and they don't get it, but we don't have conversations about and that's know, what, what, it, is, what, is what they, it is. They don't get exactly. Exactly. So I'm with you on that. I'm so, with you on that. So what I'm saying is every month I'm giving an ask. This month is gray and translate for me. Okay. They just put their album out on uh even what is that? What even dot biz? Yeah, even dot biz. Link in the show notes. It's a platform that allows you to pay whatever you want to pay for the album. Okay, because you know they don't get nothing for streams. Half of a half of a half of a. Uh, I'm scene. down. I'm in. So I'm just I'm telling in. people the ask. If we complain about all this music, and I see I see a complaint every day about music. We got to do our part. So Support I'm it. I'm asking y'all to go buy this album. Okay. Um, and for my niggas that got it, do match me. Meet them at a hundred. <laughs> even dot. What do you say? Even dot biz. Yeah. Even dot biz. Yeah, it's okay. in the show notes. All right. Yeah. Even dot biz. Okay. All right. Now let's get back to it. Yep. Uh, if I had to frame why you're here. Okay. It's here twenty. It's twenty twenty four. And what I have seen since COVID was life is definitely too short, mm-hmm. and it will be gone in a minute, mm-hmm. and you can get stuck so easy, like. Mm-hmm. I got a homeboy. I love him. I ain't going to say his name. He's sensitive. But <laughs> he's he been at this job. And I remember telling him, I'm like, bro. I remember one time I was about to hire him. I was like, bro, fuck that job. Come over here. You see, we just chilling. We haven't, we working, but mm-hmm. we chilling. Mm-hmm. And you get to build your shit up at the wow. same time. Hold on, we work, we working very hard, very hard at oh, work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Five girls. Everybody listen to the podcast. <laughs> we work. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, then I found him a job. He keep complaining about the job. And then I, I, I had lunch with him last week, and he was like, "Damn, man, it has been five years." Damn. I'm like, nigga, Damn. yes. You can easily just get stuck. And the reason why I'm saying 2024, people, you have to live. This is what this conversation is about. And if I'm being honest, Taya, just watching you, you a living ass nigga. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a living ass Negro. <laughs> I'm just gonna be, 
I'm just gonna be, and that's where my hater fan comes in. Yeah. Let, let me tell you why. And we go, and I'm gonna, I want to figure out how you became this living national. Okay. Because oh man, hey, look, because everybody know me, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody like, oh, LG, you know everybody. I know a lot of people in this city. We mm-hmm. we roll in some of the same circles. Uh, I'm traveling a lot. I get a lot of random travel mm-hmm. opportunities, mm-hmm. and ain't nothing I'm bragging about. I'm blessed. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm blessed. I just get great opportunities. But watching your ass, nigga, <laughs> you did this shit way better than me. <laughs> oh, man. It's like, y'all remember that song Kanye West was talking about Jay-Z on Big Brother? Yeah. <laughs> I did a song with Coldplay. This nigga, look, I go to Ghana. This nigga take goddamn Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade to Ghana. <laughs> like, Hey, he looking like, huh? I'm in first class. This nigga in a private jet. Oh, I forgot I had to get to the uh, party (laughs) in uh, Minneapolis. I'll be looking at this nigga like, man, this nigga fine, but I'm hating. You know what's crazy, though, man? I can't even tell you how a lot of these blessings have happened. And I know. That's why I'm hating. I'm going to tell you for real, for real. I I just made some. Here's the thing. I like Whatever you put your mind to, mm-hmm. your life gonna make space for it. I don't care. I don't know how it happens. The gab, the gab, and D Wade thing. Somebody called me, okay, and said, "I want you to produce this segment." I've never produced any TV, nothing in my life. Like, I want you not only come here, fly with them, show us um, about what Ghana is. And I want you to produce it and get producer's credit on a TV show. So random as fuck. Yeah, I, but but in my mind though, when I'm when I'm on my shit, when I'm on my manifestation shit, like yeah. there's nothing that can't happen. Yeah, yeah. Now it's not always easy. Don't get it twisted. Like sometimes you be like, damn, I should get that good ass job. Well, just kick back. But for everything, there's a trade off. Yeah, there is. So if I had the job that I was offered. Two years ago, I wouldn't have been traveling the way I was. And I would have been sitting here like, damn, everybody's doing this and I can't go. Or, damn, this opportunity came up that can pay my my mortgage for three months and I can't do it. I got to sit here and, and actually put in time. So I'll be honest, man. I literally, and this is going to sound crazy, gonna sound, I literally made a vision board two years ago. And there's things on it. Only one thing didn't happen. And I'm not even trying to put a lot on. I'm just telling you what I did, and I forgot yeah. about the things on it. Only one thing hasn't happened. What I'm trying to tell you is I know because I be watching. <laughs> I be watching, and I should be hating. Like, and you know what? You know the other thing? And then, like, fuck it. You know. <laughs> we won't be out of Fuck it. We, we got on. the green juice. We, go, I, we, up, we up. Okay. I like it because you do it the right way. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. You're not one of these... If you are on social media and you understand how the social media game work and you know what to show people so you can be considered that influencer, you see through a lot of niggas posts. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like niggas just be, niggas like to flex on, you know, flex for the gram is a real thing, right? Oh, yeah, I seen sure. this one shot that she posted uh, out of nowhere. She was like, she posted her status on Delta. She's a black diamond. Mm-hmm. So glad to be home. <laughs> I'm like, 
Really, bitch? <laughs> like, like, I like you because this nigga Taye be advocating for the frontier unlimited pass. <laughs> Listen. Taye, Taye said, y'all niggas in here trying to be bougie with Delta. Nigga, I'm in Cancun right now. I'm in the Virgin Island. Like, you do it the right way, bro. Here's the deal. Like, here's the thing. If life is all about experiences, right, you spend two hours, five hours on a flight, and then the experience happens when you get there. So if you wait in to save the money to fly a certain way, and then you wait in a year or two and you still ain't done it, you losing out. So for me, the Frontier Pass is really like, I know flights about to get expensive, and I don't want there to be a situation where I can't go do anything I want. Like, for example, a funeral happens, God forbid. I want to be able to jump on a plane with a knapsack and go to the funeral for $50 and come back. So I don't understand the wait and... And waiting for life to happen to come to you. And the other thing, here's the other thing. So I'm older than y'all, right? Yeah. I'm from an era, I'm from Brooklyn, New York, and you don't post everything that you're doing. Mm. You don't post all your movements because somebody may be looking at you as food. Right. So that's in the back of my mind that if I post everything I'm doing, then somebody's getting familiar who really like you playing around, but really may not like me or like who I'm rolling with and look at me as fools. So that's part of it. The other thing is that if you post every single thing, are you really experiencing the thing? And that's the thing. You're not. You can't be. You're not. I I, I, I like that. And the the dichotomy is that this is the weird space we're in, right? If you watch The Matrix, a lot of times we're posting shit to actually validate that what we actually did it in a different space. Because if you don't live in a digital space, do you really live? Bruh. And what I'm trying to tell you, there's trips. I know when I'm having a, I know when I'm on a trip. Like, bruh, I don't even have time to post. And I, it's, it's a, come my team be getting on me because we are a media company. We need the content. Right. Like, nigga, you're in Senegal right now. Turn yeah. the fuck up and show the world. But I be in it. And I I, I, be I in forget. It. My people always tell me, you're tired. You listen, you forget. You should have somebody paying for this and doing this. That I would love to, but I forget. When it's, I go to Nigeria, you're, you're right? Enjoying the moment. Uh, absolutely. When I go to Nigeria, I go to, I don't stay in Lagos usually. I go into the into the countryside. Yeah. I've never been to Nigeria. Oh, yeah. And Lagos is one thing. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's dope. It's wild. It's parties. And then the countryside is different. It's, different. I, I, it's like a different experience. But most of what I'm doing out there... I don't want to post it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like if certain things that I've seen that I can't post, there's places and people that I met that to post would be kind of disrespect. And but I'm watching that permeate everywhere. There used to be places where times I go some place and I could sit down for a week, no social media, no phone calls, no internet. Now I'm going to these places. And people are sitting there with their phones and not locked in. I'm talking places. I'm talking the power stations of the world, but where the magic really fucking happens. Man, I um, see shit. And it's changing. But for me, man, like, I'm telling you, man, my parents, my mother passed when I was 17 years old. My father passed when I was 25 years old. They probably thought they had forever. We don't know how long we have. Right. We just don't know. We don't know. We don't know how long we have. So in my mind, it's like, Okay, I got a balance between having children, providing for my children, want to set up legacy, but legacy is also being able to pass on 
the information, the experiences. Right. It's also the, sh- the social currency. I know my kids can go to three countries right now, and and if they go there, they can go with nothing and be okay, because I got people over there. Right. You know what I'm saying? I know I know places. I know people that. That's what I've created around the world. So my, for me, it's like, what are we waiting for? Waiting to be uh, 60 years old to get a 401k, and we have like what 20, 30 years left, and then vacation when we can't even run and move the way. We want. What are, what are we waiting for? Waiting to be able to get in the uh, Delta Sky Club. Listen, and listen, they might, I might, I might lose it this year because I didn't do, I didn't do the dance. They wouldn't want me to dance, but no, they, they nobody did the dance. They wanted, <laughs> like, really, really, rich white men getting tired of seeing. That's exactly Y'all niggas in there. That's exactly what it is. That's and, right. and they complaining the Delta, and they like, look, y'all, if y'all want to keep my corporate account, y'all going to have to tighten up this goddamn club because everybody be in the Delta Sky Club now. There's a loophole, though. Mm-hmm. There's a loophole. I ain't. And that has start. That has start. It's like digging. Digging yeah, a little loophole, loophole, and that niggas getting into the defense. It's a loophole. I know, I, know what, I know what it is. But still, like, <laughs> even, I'm telling you, man, like, I got, I got a little spoiled, but. There's nothing gonna keep me from traveling. Like yes. getting, just seeing the world. I I think that it's getting tight here. Like I think the energy is getting tight here. You know what I'm saying? So, what about options? Yeah. Like what about where you gonna go? What about Belize? Like my top places right now: Belize, Ghana, <clears throat> Nigeria. I love Zanzibar. I just don't know if I would want to be there because it's it's kind of far. Yeah. But everybody gotta look at Belize. I uh shout out to my uh boy G. Mm-hmm. Uh, G got a uh, yeah. He got a you know he be on that tantra freaky shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not. He's on he's on spiritual healing and um, yoga breathing. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Hey, a lot, nigga. Like I plan my life in decades. I got a decade dedicated to that tantra freaky shit, bro. What's, like, what's the tantra freaky shit though? Like 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 tantric sex type shit, that kind of shit. That when you're the only nigga there, and it's about. 10 to 15 and then women the, the in. Y'all on the beach. The yoga, yes. the the, the no. energy is changed. Yeah. Like, Yo, I heard this. There's a whole other the world eat, out here. Eating, yeah. The eating, look, I don't mean, drink, I don't drink water. I only, I only eat so. coconut. I only eat coconut. Straight out the coconut. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me tell y'all something. <laughs> hey, 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 these niggas, man, I'm telling you, I be, I be impressed. Like, you know, when you get older, you realize it's different types of game or how niggas get hoes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I just be impressed with these niggas, these, these niggas gang. Like this, I'm talking about, they in a whole, and I'll be, I'll be looking at the league. I said, man, if I go over there, I'm going to put up 50. If I go in that league, <laughs> nigga, I'm putting up 50, bro. <laughs> I'm putting up 50 over there. Oh, it look a lot easier over there, nigga. I'm, I'm working hard over here. Yo. <laughs> As a black man, I was about to say, yeah, you world, a traveled man. Yeah, talk about that a little bit. Cause you said it feels so. Tight I was, I was <clears throat> in a country. I was in Nigeria, actually, actually. Okay. And this is gonna go okay. So I was in Nigeria. That's where they got the CDs. Uh, no, Nigeria's no, no. Naira. Yeah, CDs, CDs is Ghana. Yeah, CDs is Ghana. <laughs> so I was, in, got the CDs. I was in. I was in Nigeria, and I was there at a festival, and. It's customary for, you don't have to, like, if you're somebody's guest, they're going to bring you food in. So I was there, and this woman kept on coming and bringing me food, and asked me what I wanted, and drinks, and that kind of thing. And they do a thing where they kind of kunle, they kind of bend when they give you their food, right? 
So I was talking to this young lady and she was like stressing me on, on my phone. And I was like, y'all don't gotta put up with this. <laughs> like, for real, for real. And I didn't mean to say it like that, but I'm like, I don't have to put up with some of this stuff. And, and it's not because they're being subservient. It's just like, sometimes I think here in this space, there's too much, ah, and it's just like, yo, like, come on, like, hang out for your life. Because they got jobs. Let's just. Never tie it. <laughs> damn. Never, 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 never. <laughs> oh, man. Never tie it. Never tie it just. He, he just, he just subtly gave an endorsement out here to the passport bros. Listen. <laughs> Let me tell you. Hey, look, I ain't gonna lie. When I went to Ghana. They lied? No. First of no. all, when I go to Africa, period. Mm-hmm. I go over there. First of all, they love locks. I'm mm-hmm. talking about everywhere I go. Mali, Mali, Mali. Second of all, you American. Third of all, I'm a trick. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> a <laughs> philanthropic <laughs> one. <laughs> like I love, so. I love the help. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Okay. What you, what you said? Yeah. I you, you said you'll rent 200 CDs? Baby, is that $20? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody ain't doing the math right. Yeah. How many years you want to live here? Damn. Okay. I'm paying it. Okay. I'm paying it. Uh, and then you, you good then. I can tell you good with you. Yeah, I, I see. I see. Here's, here's, here's the thing. Here's what I, gotta, I had to realize because I was always taught that being a trick was bad, right? So my my thing, my conversation is I got to be able to meet you, talk to you, pull you without any conversational money. Mm. Not yet. <laughs> he said, mm. <laughs> so it can't be no conversational money. What I've learned in other cultures is even on some cool shit, if I appreciate you, Man or woman, there's something called a dash. Like, literally, it's a dash. Like, when you dash somebody, you appreciate them. If you're outside, if they're dancing, if it's like a festival where people are celebrating their birthday, you dash. Oh, so the okay. dash I, is. I misread with that one. Yeah, the dash. Dash is, where I'm from is where you run without paying. No, 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 no. no. It's, called, it's called a dash. It's for my 40. <laughs> so I, I've kind of had to massage my hardcore. Like, nah, like, I don't, nah, we ain't doing that. With understanding that culturally speaking, it's okay to. Oh, here you go. But I see what you're saying though, and you said a Philip. What do you say, philanthropic? Philanthropic. Okay, one. got you. I got you. You know, I like a sister with a cause. <laughs> Break know, that down. You know, I ain't just having no randoms like for your lifestyle. I'm here for your lights. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> you know, you know, I like. Okay. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying? I, I, I like to feel like I was a part of a. Bigger mission. <laughs> okay. All right. I hear you. Okay. But yeah. but nah, man. For, but for real though, two brothers, especially brothers, man. If you've never been to the motherland, gotta go. You just gotta go. As a black man, you gotta step on that soil. You gotta connect with those people. Change your father. And you gotta feel that energy. Change your father. I Change. feel that energy. Change your father. Like I'm, I'm going to uh, Tuggo and Benin this year. I'm so excited mm-hmm. to go to the Dahomey tribe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and get me a woman princess. I don't want the queen king. 
I'm gonna get a woman princess. How long are you going? I'm gonna be out there about uh twelve days. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So gonna kick it? Yeah. Well, so I take a group every year. Okay. Yeah, I take a group every year with Derek Bozeman. Um, oh yeah. So I'm his trip. Yeah, I'm his trip administrator. So I put all the stuff together. My fact, I took a uh, cow with me last year. Really? I'm the one that took cow to gun. I so I didn't know. I know what y'all were doing. I know y'all y'all heavy in the hood and in 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 the community. Um, but I didn't know you were doing trips like that. Yeah, like we've been doing about seven years now. My, my, matter of fact, Derek is turning fifty-seven or fifty-eight. Okay, it started on his fiftieth birthday. Got what it. happened was he was like, "Look, I'm going to Africa for my birthday." He was on the radio. He was like, "I'm going to Africa. Who want to go with me?" And all of a sudden, people just start calling in, like, "I go, I go," and we we're like, "Let's see what we can do. Let's see if we put the trip together. How many people come?" So where you been? Eighty-five so you people. Been? This time, eighty-five. No, no, eighty-five people came the first time. Come, come this time. Uh, this time we're gonna have about sixty. That's this, a lot of. This is actually, bro. Let me tell you, and I do all of them. Like I managed, so like. Tell me that lady you left that time, <laughs> bro. <laughs> we'll leave you that. But uh, we uh, honestly, the last three trips been a hundred people. Yeah, I, I I love people. I don't like people. I can't. I can't manage. And what's, look, what's, your, what's your birthday? Uh, I'm a uh, Capricorn, Sagittarius, Springles. Okay. You know what I'm saying? December 22nd. Yeah, uh, but here's the thing. Derek, the reason how I got the job, Derek is a true Gemini. Okay. Moody motherfucker, two personalities. Mm-hmm. Extrovert, introvert. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Introvert, whatever it is. He really an introvert, but he had extrovert right, qualities right. and yep. tendencies. Yep. And he on the radio, so people think yep. he want to talk to them, but he really don't. And <laughs> <laughs> so he got dang, will push people away. Not necessarily on purpose, just because folk be excited to meet him, and then he ain't this same dude on the radio. I'm the person that he puts as his first defense. Good personality, always going to have an answer, always going to. So I went on one trip as a regular traveler. The first year I went as a traveler. I was just doing what I do, naturally helping people, helping women with their bags. He started paying attention. Next trip, he was like, hey, you want to go? And ever since, I get it. So we don't went to Senegal, Senegal, Morocco, Egypt, Ethiopia, um, uh, South Africa, Ghana, and I feel like I'm missing one. I feel like I'm missing one. And this year I'm going to Togo Benin. How'd you like Ethiopia? Man, you know what? I didn't get to enjoy it the way I really wanted to, because as soon as I land, like literally. As we were landing, we're looking at our phones on the Wi-Fi. There was an attempt to coup. And you went, went, you went. Okay, I know where you went. Yeah, like when we were landing. You got to go back. I know I do. I know I do. Because you got to go back. Because like right now, I go to Ethiopia. I go to the Golden Tulip. I ain't got to pay for food. I ain't got to pay for room. Like them, my they they fuck with me. <laughs> and then also shout out to Rise I be. You know what I'm saying? My Rastafari brother out there. Like, mm-hmm. Ethiopia, like, for the part that I did get to do, I loved it. Like, I was, I mean, I, I when I say I loved it. Let me tell you, let me tell you what I did on Ethiopia. I went, the first time I went, the Shady Promoter yeah, board, myself, Anthony David, Ooh. and Salah. We all went there. Three of us went out there together. That's a nice little. I can't even talk about that story, but <clears throat> we go out there, we stay in. Promoter leaves us. We don't have no hotel. Some old male, you can stay here as long as you want. Great trip. 
I went three to four weeks later with Ludacris uh-huh. and Beyonce was performing. Ludacris was on, was on the bill. Those are my two times in Ethiopia. No, no, I'm telling you, I got, I got, I got the. I do a song with Coldplay. He do a song with Coldplay. <laughs> nigga, you know what I'm saying? This, now y'all getting the pattern when I talk about I'm a hater fan of this nigga. Like, I went to Ethiopia and, you know, I'm at a hotel manager that'll give me anything. Like, <laughs> yeah, you, you go with, you go with, I'm it like, was for Millennium too. You go with Ludacris and Beyonce. It's, it's like, oh, okay. It's a little different. Now I did that trip after my trip, and of course everything was different. Me going by myself, you know what I'm saying? They don't know me, but yeah, Ethiopia is a. So, well, let, let me just say this. Uh, let's go back to the beginning real quick, okay? Because like, again, I'm framing the conversation for everybody that's listening. 2024. What we telling y'all to do is live. Right. Telling y'all to remove all these societal norms. Fuck all the little. Oh, I ain't never flying Spirit. I ain't never flying Frontier. One hour, two hours, you at your island yep. having an amazing time. Yep. And the money that you spent on the... And Delta be treating us like shit. If we... If Delta if people... you're not a certain down, you might, you might be... You might, uh, yeah, but and I'm I don't think silver. nobody's saying they ain't flying Spirit in front of you. No, I people are saying they're not posting it. Nah, people, they, people I mean, saying they still they in business. Flying. I know people that... Niggas is flying. I know, I know people that say they ain't flying it at all. I know you know people. I know like a that. bunch of folks. I mean, so let's look at let's look at the prices. Delta, first of all, people are traveling. I don't know where people are getting the money from. People are traveling like, like never before, right? Somewhere. <laughs> Rather than Delta being competitive, they said we're gonna charge more money for tickets. Like mm-hmm. their prices are, are way higher. Tickets are higher anyway. <clears throat> so <clears throat> I'm not saying don't travel Delta. I'm just saying just don't stop your process of traveling because you're waiting for. The Delta. Experience. It ain't tricking if you got it, but if you don't got it, and sometimes, I, sometimes I don't have it to be hundred percent. Yeah. Like <laughs> I don't have it. Like I've gotten used to the experience, but I'm telling you, man. Like for real, for real. I could be real with my listeners. Like when y'all be seeing me traveling, somebody paid for it. it <laughs> I haven't paid for a flight in a long time. I'm just gonna be real with y'all. Like somebody ain't doing like, the math right. Like I just booked uh Vegas, but I gotta. You, you got flew out. I gotta climb. Oh, I, I don't know. You been food. fooled out? Nigga, plenty of times. Uh, I haven't been fooled out. I don't think I've ever been fooled out. Yeah, like. I want the experience. I want somebody. I'm, listen, I'm about to find me a cougar or something because I want to be fooled out and taken care of. I don't think I've ever been fooled out. It's a different. It's a yeah, different. I don't think I've been fooled out. I mean, I've, I've done business and I work and they fly me out. Yeah. But ain't nobody say, yo, I'm sending you a ticket. I'm sending you a ticket. Check your email. <laughs> never had that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I never had that happen. Yo, and check your email and your cash app. Just hey, case, look, you know what I mean? Say, say rules apply for us that we do apply for them. You gotta fuck. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, look. Yeah. Now the only thing that they get to do that we don't get to do, they get to go out there and only post food. We get flued out. We got to post something. You posting them. Hey, look. You are posting look, them, it's nigga. It's definitely a different standard when they fly us out versus us flying yeah. them out. It's different rules and shit. Yeah. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm interested. Show me. I want a, I want a different experience. Yeah. This shit expensive. I'll talk offline on that. Okay, man. great. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a whole playbook. Oh, okay. It's a whole playbook, okay. man. It's a different world, man. Ain't nothing like a grown woman. I, yeah, I don't. I, I'm not known, but I'm. I'm curious. Ain't nothing like it. <laughs> <laughs> nothing like. It. So again, y'all, we trying to tell y'all to live. 
Taye is one of the best examples I can give of that. This is a brother who's passionate. He's a father. Mm-hmm. Um, you uh, you from Brooklyn, man? So, yeah. are you 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 call yourself a wild African? So you African? So yeah. So it's a long story. <clears throat> are you real African? Or you not? My family is from the states. Your first uh, my sisters from Africa. My family spent time in Africa. They're performing artists, uh, so they spent time in Nigeria for. Years off and on, Festac, National Black Theater, that's where I come from. Um, and they decided they were going to ditch Christianity, mm. find Ifa, um, and everything. Like, so I have a Nigerian passport. You yes. know what I'm saying? Gotcha. I, have, I have land there. You know what I'm saying? So, like, so when I, the, the concept of wild African comes from. Me and my cousin sitting around. I've never told this online uh, anywhere before. Exclusive. We were sitting around talking about the fact that, you know, being a citizen for African, we we never really fit into the community, the African centered community, because for us, a lot of the African centered community was corny, mm-hmm. and we always had like one foot in, one foot out. So we like we that while Africans, and we changed the C to a K to show that we're different. Just like people change the X. You know what I'm saying? So. It came about where we were like, Luce, we, we want to do, and we are a part of the community, but we don't want to do it and be pigeonholed. You know how it is? The community is also like church. It's, like it's, church. A, it's a complete, it's, you literally want church for another. You know what I'm saying? If exactly. You're so if you're not careful, that group thing can be ill. But I was raised by like cultural revolutionaries. I was way, raised by performing arts. I was raised by people who, for example, were going to meet Swami Muktananda you know what I'm saying, gurus, and at the same time meeting Baba Lao. So I wasn't raised in the same... I didn't start school until I was three years old, until third grade. Right. I didn't go to school to the third grade. Because um, we were traveling, we were performing, doing all kinds of stuff. So my whole thing is like, even with the conversations I have now, whenever somebody brings something to me and says, like, you have to do it this way, my first response is why. Yeah. Like, why do I have to do it this way? Right. There's always trade-offs, but <clears throat> when you tell me when COVID happened, you told me that I had to be inside. I was like, why? And everybody's like, well, this, that, and the other. And I was like, well, let me see for myself. Everybody told me I was crazy. Everybody told me that. But I traveled. Listen to this. Yeah, he, 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 he was the movement in Atlanta that was like, listen, man, keep this shit open. Listen. Put that tent up. Fuck it. Let me tell you what I saw. A few things I observed. One, nobody was outside and traveling was fucking amazing. Mm. Like, you're literally going, getting on planes, and there's nobody on planes. You're going places, there's no traffic. You you saw in Atlanta, what we saw, we saw animals walking around in the middle of the day because nobody was outside, right? Mm-hmm. That was one experience. You weren't scared about getting stuck in another country? No. Mm. I, I just, I just, I, it, how I live my life is this. That I have fears. Don't get it twisted. Okay. But... It's going gonna, it's gonna to work out. And if it doesn't work out, two things happen. I'm dead or I'm alive. And that's not more, but it's like yeah. we get upset when people die, but the dead be dead and they be chilling. They come, they, they do whatever, whatever they do in the ancestor realm, they chilling. So I, my whole thing is like, if this is the big one, this is the big shutdown stop, then it is what it is. I, I don't want to go outside and for the last time. Hmm. It's not, and it wasn't the big one, however you look at it. What I also saw was that when everybody tells, if if there's enough conversation to do something, 
and everybody's doing the same thing yeah. and everybody's saying the same thing and everybody's afraid and everybody's stopped, then I have to question that. What the fuck going on? Right. Everybody's saying the same line. Everybody's stopped. Everybody's telling me don't go outside. People are telling me to listen to white men that I don't fuck with and never fuck with before. People are telling me to actually rock with the CDC. All these things happen. I was like, wait a second. I could be wrong, but I don't come from this. I don't rock with government and to them tell me whatever they want me to tell me because I know what they've done to my folks. So let me just go outside and see. Where all did you travel during the independence? Shit. I was fascinated. Nigeria, with Dominican Republic, Jamaica, Belize. And how um, were they looking at COVID in those countries? You went to Ghana and Nigeria. They had like these shutdowns, downs, but they weren't like, I'm, I'm going to be real with you. And this is just me, my eyes. I can't talk about everybody else. <clears throat> I only saw COVID the way it was here. I went, to, and I'm going to tell you this also. There's also a way we live, what we consume, how we move. I went to Nigeria and got some herbs that I was taking so I didn't feel unwell. And I was giving the folks who started feeling unwell because I noticed, I was like, why y'all not? Nobody here. They were saying, they were nobody's, talking, nobody's not feeling well. They were like, showing us this tree in Ghana that they eat from. They were like, why we didn't get sick? We were eating from this. I was like, so I, so I, used, I was asking it, but I was like, yo, I was like, so how has it been? They were like, yeah, we, they shut us down, but. I was in Oshogbo, and they were like, we don't really know anybody that has COVID. And I was like, nah, come on, somebody got to. They were like, we just don't. We don't. We just don't. Now, they had lockdowns, because you yeah. have to understand Nigeria is also, you know, Nigeria. But they, but I just, my experience was different. I'm not saying everybody, and this is not me saying your experience wasn't your experience. Right. It's not me saying people didn't go through what they went through. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying for You're me. You're not a COVID denier. My, I'm, I'm not saying that. Okay. I'm not saying, I, I, I know something happened. I know I know it happened, but my experience was, what else is possible? Right. And I think, and here's the thing. I remember the day when I decided that. I think that if I would have went the other way, I would have been inside, sitting down on my couch. I would have been that guy. But something happened that day, and I was just like, what if it's not? What if, and if I do, what if I do, then this is it. Right. Then I got some stuff, stuff to do. I had owned a gym for 10 years and I wasn't moving around the way I wanted to move around. So I had owned a gym right in the West End, sweatshop boxing and fitness. And I just wasn't doing much. I was tied to the gym and the gym didn't really function without me. <clears throat> so when this hit, I think I closed the gym that November. And I decided, like, if this is the thing, then I want to be outside. I can see that. I can see that. It was it was those type of people. I seen different <clears throat> people during COVID. I seen the traveler. I seen the squatter. I seen the you know the worker. People that had to work through it and just keep going. Um, the Tuesday prep and the other, the other yeah that too. And that the other me. thing is that if I'm going to, I know a few things. I'm melanated. I'm a go to where the sun is, and I'm a go to where there's not a lot of people. Because the places that I was going to, nobody was trying to go there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Nobody, everybody's like, we're going to stay home. But it was congested here and tight here. Every place else, it was like not congested and tight. And imagine just being on a plane and there's like 20 people on a plane. Yeah, I seen those pictures. 
that you like, oh, and it's cheap. We went to um 2021. I don't know if y'all remember this. It was December, and we all planned to go to Ghana, and we had that big year like, to like, return. At not yeah, it was the second one. Yeah, the second everybody, one. Everybody that that's everybody had gotten COVID. Or everybody was not feeling well, and so there was like eight people going on this trip, and they all were like, "Nah, we're not doing that." You know what I'm saying? They were saying it was gonna get bad. So I already had my ticket. So I'm like, I'm going to Ghana. I'm going. I ended up going to Ghana <laughs> by myself. All my people um, decided not to go, and I had this huge crib Jeez, all to yeah. myself. And I was out there in Ghana, and then I was like, well, there's no, not going to be anybody out here. Ghana was popping. And I was like, what you doing there? They were like, oh, we just came out to chill. We didn't want to be in the States. People out there, this is the craziest part. People out there used to beat me up online about me posting about being outside. Used to tell me, I'm, and, I don't, and I don't, I'm not the kind of type of person to talk to you online. I'm going to call you. Yeah. But you used to tell me, yo, yo you crazy. You're going to get your friends killed. This, that, and the other. They were in Ghana with me. I have three people that used to give me hell online were in Ghana with me. And I said, what you doing here? They're like, I didn't want to be in the States. Okay. And I swear, that year, that was the first time I had been. The earliest I had been in was 6 a.m. every morning for eight days straight. When I tell you, I partied. When I tell you, I partied like. Ghana like that. Man, listen. Especially the, in December. During the return. Ghana and Nigeria are just different. Yeah, Ghana like that. That's, <clears throat> if you're going to go to Ghana, the perfect window, mm-hmm. December 26th, January 5th. Perfect. I'm going next year for my birthday. I'm thinking about going to. Zanzibar, Zanzibar first. and then This year or next year? This year, sorry. 2024. I might join you on that. I, I've been saying I wanted to do it. My birthday is so close to Christmas, and my family don't necessarily celebrate Christmas, mm-hmm. but we celebrate each other. Mm-hmm. So if there's ever an excuse to get together, we're doing it. You know what I'm saying? So I've been saying I'm going to take a selfish birthday because my birthday is so close. I never leave. But I've been saying I'm going to get up out of here. I think next year would be a good year to go. Right. I, I think before it gets like everybody, everybody's going now. Right. Every, everybody, everybody always goes for different places, but everybody from the States is going now. But so. that's, that's why I was so hesitant about wanting to go because. Um, the fray. Huh? Because of the fray, because everybody's out there, right? Because you know it's 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 commercial. Is you know everybody's starting to go now. And then when I seen the year return, like it was lit. But I remember when I went to synagogue. One thing that pissed me off: I'm in the club, and then I hear raindrop drop top. I'm like, man, I am not here to hear that shit, bro. I'm not here. I mean, shout out to the Migos, proud of y'all. But I'm here to get away from all that have a good time so it's like that i was hesitant about ghana but i'm gonna be real i don't care how many of us go there you can't make ghana bad and and you could just spend a few more days on the backside just doing other stuff yeah you can't you can't you can't make ghana bad it's it's always a good time i remember the first time i went to nigeria and i heard this dude i was walking up to this dude and he saw me and he could kind of tell because i was kind of fresh off the plane and he said nigga and i said Dang. Oh fuck! That ain't never happened. And, and he was just trying to relate. Relate, and I was like, "Yo, bro, you ain't got." I'm you not here that. for that. That was the first time I went. That shit broke my heart a little bit. Now, 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 I ain't gonna lie. What does break your heart 
is to see how white supremacy has affected them. Mm-hmm. That be the weird shit. Like, damn, I came here. You go into churches and you see white Jesus in fucking Africa. That messed, that messed me up. The first time when I, I seen a white Jesus, I was in synagogue at Glory Island, and I go into church and I see this big ass white Jesus. That messed me up. That messed me up. That so, and Billy, then, Billy Graham was big over there. Huge. He was big. He huge. did. He did some. And so you see that you see you can see the bleaching. Mm-hmm. You can see. Like they are trying, so it's like we are trying to get to each other. Like they want to come over here, we want to come over there, and that's just how much confusion it is. That's that's a whole that's a whole podcast. There's some, that's a whole book. That's a whole month. That's yeah. We can yeah. do a lot on it. Yeah. Uh, you talked about your your sweatshop, mm-hmm. your sweat uh, boxing gym. your boxing gym. Mm-hmm. Talk about that, man. Um, is that something you started when you first got here? Nah. Did you used to box? Or? So you're I a big actually, ass nigga too. I ain't gonna lie, uh-huh. like, you're a big ass nigga. Like, I don't know if y'all so, niggas. <laughs> y'all see how high the mic like, is. Like you, you want, what's so crazy when you came in? I've seen you plenty of times, but typically I'm seeing you on stage. Yeah. So you're already elevated, right? Like I'm at deeper and all of that shit. But like, damn, you like. So the, fuck. I, the boxing was like so. I've always been in and around the music industry, right? So the boxing was, it was a fluke. I was uh, looking for a different kind of workout. I always loved boxing. I couldn't afford watching boxing when I was young because it was like you had to pay for pay it. For, yeah. So I didn't really see Mike Tyson box. It's crazy to say this until way after he he was boxing for real, for real. <clears throat> but I wanted to box. I was trying to look for a different way to, you know work out and I want to get my hands right. Like so this guy named Yaya McLean who was married to Layla Lee. He was a WBC champion. He opened this gym in Atlanta. Jay Irv um Jay Irvin, Julius Irvin's son. Yeah that shit. Like, <laughs> no, I'm laughing because her husband better know how to box. What are you talking about? <laughs> so Jay Irving, you know I don't know if you know Jay Irving of three hundred and everything. He um had it first and then Yaya had it. So I was training. I was in. I was in there like working. They, oh, you know, I'm saying you could really be good at this. So I started working at it for real. And then there was this guy in the gym that kept fucking with me. Oh shit! He was like, "Yo, man, we should spar." And I was like, "I'm really not here to do that. I'm just trying to get my hands right." He said, "Nah, we should spar." So every day I come in the gym, he'd be like, you, "You're afraid to fight me." So I'm like, "Okay, see." So I, I'm the guy who. I don't start no fights, but I finish a fight, right? So I was like, "Okay, you know what? You know what? This is what we're gonna do." We're going to train, and for my birthday, we're going to do a charity event inside the gym. And we're going to work out, we're going to train, and we're going to invite people here, and we're going to fucking do it. So, I trained my ass off. My lady at the time was like, I was no fun to be around. I was trying to cut weight. I was in the best shape of my life. And I went, and I thought about it. Somebody came to me, he's like, yeah, this guy I know who boxed. was like, you know what? Most people that are coming to see you are not coming to see you to support you. They're coming to see you get knocked out. Mm-hmm. A switch turn, like, just... So I got in like Rocky mode. Like I got a video of this shit. So long story short, the day of the, the day of the fight, it's inside the gym. It's like four hundred people in that month. <laughs> and I know one of my homeboys who is a real hater at the time. Like used to like like a real hater at the time. I that's the first one was not saw. I was like, oh, he trying to he's here to see me get knocked out. This guy was in there. I went in there. I whipped his ass and stopped him in the second round. Right. Did a party after that. After that, 
Yaya comes to us like, I have to get rid of the gym. I'm going through a bad divorce. I have to get this on my books. You guys want the gym. I was like, that'd be cool to have a boxing gym. The money was low. was like, just pay for the equipment. You guys can have it. Assume the lease. Have, I have three partners. Oh, we got a boxing gym. Worst case scenario, we got some place to work out. Yeah. Boxing gym is a business, though. Yeah. And yeah. I was leaking money. I'm talking about Dang. leaking money. And then one day, my partner started falling to Wayside. It's like, we don't want to do it no more. It was leaving. I was like, we got rent. We got rent on the first. What are you talking about? And one of my partners said, well, I really don't know what you do here. I do the training. You're saying you do the marketing, but you don't really do nothing. So you can't really do it without me. So I'm going to leave, but you should just get rid of it. I was like, what do you say? You can't, you can't do this. Damn. Oh, okay. Niggas already disrespect the Okay. Intangible. Okay. Bet. This was year two, year and a half in. That was, it became a focus. It shouldn't have really became that kind of focus. I had this shit to do. I built that gym up. Had my best year on the year out. And I just loved it. Now, here's the thing about a boxing gym. Boxing gym. Everybody comes to the boxing gym. The millionaire, the artist, the dude facing 20 years, the mother, everybody comes to the boxing gym. Boxing gym. For that, so that 10 years, Hollywood came to the boxing gym. I didn't miss the world, but I had to be stationary, and I didn't like being stationary. So <clears throat> the best part about that was during, during the pandemic, um, there was these kids that kept coming to my door. We were closed. Because the city made us close for a little while. And they were coming to the door. They were knocking on the door. And I was like, hey, we're closed. We can't let you. We just want to train. Like six kids. You know these kids weren't outside. They were just outside. You know, during that time, if you knew any of the kids, if you were at home and you were, in a, and you were at, your home life wasn't great. Right. You didn't want to be at home. Right. <clears throat> but right. then on the other side, cops were picking them up. So the third day they came through, they were like, this young girl, she said, hard girl. She was like the leader of the pack, though. She said, <laughs> she said, if you don't let us in here, we're going to be going to people's windows. We ain't got nothing to do. Damn. She's like, shouty, if you don't let us in here. And I was like, y'all was like, come on. She's like, if you don't let us in here, we're going to be getting into trouble outside there. Outside. So I decided to open my doors. Open my doors. We put paper on the doors. I opened my doors. I had kids coming in every single day. We weren't supposed to be open. I had kids coming in. I had my homeboy cutting hair. We had a whole gym full of kids that just were outside. Mm -hmm. And they couldn't go home. So that was when I was like, I can't close down yet. And I wanted to shut down during during COVID. But I was like, so then <clears throat> we started sponsoring kids to come work out. And I'm talking about, this is when I knew something was bad. This is when I knew. And I'll tell everybody this. That shutdown created a space and environment for the crime that we're seeing in youth. I mm. truly believe that. Talk, talk about that. I truly, I mean, truly believe, I mean, believe that. that because we didn't have any community centers, we had any place to go, <clears throat> like everything escalated. Right. The tension, the frustration, everything escalated. So when I when I had that gym, I had kids coming, boxing and crying about their uncle molesting them. Every single day during during COVID. I had kids coming in like, yo, listen, man. Like, I don't want to join this gang, but I, if I stay around the block, I'm going to be in this. I had all that stuff happening. 
And I was like, I was on a call at the city one time, and I was like, yo, man, y'all got to open up something. I said, this is in, in May 2020. I said, if y'all don't open some community centers and do some outreach work, y'all may not see it now. It may not seem like a good fix now, but I promise you in two years, you're going to see a crime wave like you've never seen before. I'm on record saying that. I thought I was crazy. I'm telling y'all that what we're seeing now is not just about the music. It's because of that shutdown. Damn, you know what's so crazy? <clears throat> I was just talking to my old lady about this earlier, and we were talking about, because I was, I got a math degree, and I was talking to her about insurance mm-hmm. and um, actuary work. And, mm-hmm. You know, they make, you would think as an insurance company, you would do preventative things because you don't want to pay out. Mm-hmm. But I was like, nah, the money's in the risk, right? The money's in the risk. So I, I say that to say, when you make that statement, right, it wasn't just you. It was economists that was looking, and there's no coincidence that Cop City got pushed so hard because instead of being preventative during that time, they were like, okay, that sounds good. We'll open one center, but fuck it. Let's go ahead and get ready for this crime wave. That's big money. You know, so it's, it's, it's crazy that you say it like that. So it's almost like, like you said earlier, when they told you to stay in the house, why? You know what I'm saying? When this whole, when all this stuff cranked up, why did they crank up? And now we're seeing the effects. I had a, I had a kid, one of my mentees was in the house, right? Good kid. Incredible kid. And they called me on some emergency shit. And I went over to the house and he was like talking and talking, like talking crazy and saying all kinds of weird shit. And almost like he almost like he was possessed. So like, like it was weird. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I was like, damn. But then I realized that being in this house for 15, 20 minutes, there was no air. Mm-hmm. The ventilation wasn't working. I started feeling sick. And I was like, Yo, let's go outside. He was like, no, no, no. He was fighting me and all that. We went outside for like 15 minutes and it all stopped. And I realized that I'm good. I got ventilation. I changed my, something like changing my vents. But in this house, they were smoking weed, smoking cigarettes. Mm-hmm. It was dirty. All of that. And all that stuff was working on him every day, every single day. So if we did like some, if we did some tests, you probably would see that. His breathing was probably bad and compromised. You probably would see that, you know what I'm saying? He may have had inflammation. You know what I mean? But there was mm-hmm. he's from the hood. Ain't no test like that. Right. But how, how it came out. They don't though, care about mucus and shit. Like, it came out violently. Like he was violent. And this is a good, sweet kid. It ain't no like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when I saw that, I was like, <clears throat> imagine all these kids that are in homes that don't have air, sunlight, good energy. Maybe they're being touched. Maybe they're upset. They don't get to talk to nobody, and they're inside. There's no sunlight, mm-hmm. and they ain't got no food, <clears throat> and they don't got no food, and they don't know better for themselves. Because at first they think it's a getaway. Oh, I have no school. I get to be on a game and a tablet all day. Nah, you got to get outside. You got to go out there and walk. You got to breathe. Yeah, yeah. And if they was, have food, it's not good. For it's you. not it good, good food. food. Yeah. So we gonna say they ain't got no food. That's yeah, yeah. Same thing. They ain't got no food. Ain't got no food. Yeah, real talk. And real talk. you know, I spent when I first moved up here, I uh, had a nonprofit. Um, it was called Made, motivated adults developing excellence. It's leadership development and mentorship program. Started it because inspired by one of my friends, greatest athlete I ever seen. Just lose his shot because he just didn't have the leadership skills. Or the mentorship to not fuck up off the field. Yeah. We talking about somebody that's running a four four, 
four or five in high school. Like that Cat Williams, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that Let's Cat. Let's talk about Cat Williams. <laughs> Go ahead and listen to this. So, uh, yeah, man, like, and I just remember just working with so many young people. And, bro, that work can be, not can be, is heavy, exhausting, heavy. draining. Like, I did it nonstop from 2008 to 2016. That's when I started my oh, yeah, nah. Like, literally. different. I was doing it full time. And I, I learned so much in the process. I, I remember I took students home to live with me or something. Because it was just such a bad situation. And I realized, well, you can't do that. And why you, like, it's heavy work. And that be the thing about the kids. Like, even with you at the gym. Well, you're supposed to be shut down. They can't be here. Mm-hmm. They need a place to stay, but you you can't stay at your mm-hmm. house. Can't but these kids need something. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like the so red that's, tape. That's why it's mm-hmm. it's like you know that whole it takes a village is a real thing. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And a village got to have a level of infrastructure to even support absolutely that. You know absolutely. what I'm saying? And that's what we missing in a lot of ways. Absolutely. And now we're too dependent on government. Too dependent because. Our programs are not being funded. Going back to what I'm talking about on the ask, like there's some programs that we need to fund. Like you, 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 all of us put this money, this organization, I know they're doing the work. Yeah. I know they're doing the work and they're not getting the Atlanta is the best, worst place to have a nonprofit is the best place because all of the major givers are here. All the major corporations. It's the worst place because all the major nonprofits who get that money are here. Wow. When you're a nonprofit, you're competing against United Way, Boys and Girls Club, I never The Y. That. I never thought about that. Bro, you're talking to a nonprofit executive director who is out here in these streets, and the money is gobbled up. <laughs> like, Damn. West Side Future Fund. Let's let's just talk about the politics of this shit. Chick-fil-A comes, they do this West Side uh, Future Fund with mm-hmm. all that shit, whatever, revitalizing the West Side. Raise five million. How does all the money end up in a white church? All of it, <laughs> bro. How does when you? Now I ain't saying they ain't doing work, but what I'm saying is, how do you come to a neighborhood because I want to help make this neighborhood better, and you skip over everybody that's doing the work? I got the answer because you're not trying to make it better for us. I'm trying to make it better for somebody else. Exactly. So what I'm saying is, is that before they built the new park over there? Now this is like in the process of results of the dome, the new mm-hmm. Mercedes Benz Stadium. I mean, we can even talk about that. I mean, we just got because you the, said that I wanted the new, to know what else got we, built. We got the new tallest hotel, the Sonoya. We got mm-hmm. that. We got the stadium. We got the bridge that they built. That one, that one really made me mad. The bridge that they built that crosses over Northside. Mm-hmm. You know how much we spent on that bid. How much? Twenty million. What's 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 the bridge too? It bridges. <laughs> and that then and bridge then, like it never bridged before. Then you look at Vine City, right behind us. You look at all this, all these neighborhoods. That sh- I'm stuck on the bridge, Wait. bro. I'm trying to tell you. Twenty million dollars, and it don't, it don't, it's it's not like it doesn't open no. up. It doesn't the bridge. Bridges. Got it. Got it. It got some lights on it. Wow. Okay. I mean, so this is when I'm talking about 
like us as a community having to really build an infrastructure to support each other or hold accountable the pot of money that we had access to. See, that's a, again, I ain't going to get into that conversation, the whole conversation of Atlanta and who we say we are to the world, but who we are in reality. Mm. That's a whole nother play of who we say we are to the world. We black excellence. We're black Mecca. We're Wakanda. <laughs> we're the uh, most amazing place to live. We're full because everybody here, we got the best strip clubs. We got the best wings. We've had the rap game and music game on lock for the last 30 years. Mm-hmm. We are all of that. But on the other end, we're number one or two in uh, income immobility, meaning if you're born in poverty here in Atlanta, you stay in poverty. Wow. Like we are Dang. being, we're still 725 minimum wage. Yeah. You still, it's that's still the standard. Now, are people paying that base? People are getting better with nine, and but fifteen ain't even a standard. And even if it was, fifteen ain't enough. Yeah, it's crazy. Cause how long you been in Atlanta? A long time. So yeah. you've seen it too. Because I yeah, he went to Clark. I want to talk about that too. I, I, I want to talk about. I was, like, listen, if I could do this all again, man, you would have bought all that shit. I just would have at least bought in the hood, like. Mm. I, I I didn't. I always thought we had more time, right? And we had longer than most cities. Don't get it twisted. We had definitely had longer than most. No, cities. Uh, I ain't gonna lie. You know, we say more time, more time to for what? For, so we, we to saw, grow up. We saw, we saw New York. <laughs> the do grown man shit. We saw New York gentrify. Mm. We watched DC gentrify. We watched places in California gentrify, and we just watched those places like it wasn't going to happen to Atlanta because we so black because we were kind. And, and, and the thing that. is. I feel like Atlanta gave theirs away. Like, I we got conversation. Hell, Satchel was on this podcast. He said, "Hell yeah, Grandma oh, gave man. him a house. He didn't want to live in that house. He right. wanted to live in Buckhead." Yeah, and, yeah. And, and like you said, around the time because it's you know somebody broke somebody broke in his house. You know he had a, he had a nice ass white couch in, in the middle of the hood, but like you know. We gave it away. If we gave it away for pennies on the dollar. Same, but that's the thing, though. This happened in Everywhere. New York. I'm a, like when I, and when I came to college, my aunt had a brownstone in New York. She had a brownstone in New York that was paid off but needed renovations. She got tired of New York, and she left and sold that brownstone for more, no, no more. Than about one hundred and seventy-five thousand oh, dollars. That brownstone is three million dollars right now. A getting a brownstone in Brooklyn yes. in Bed Stuy that's, right. that's is my pop unheard from, of. My pop from Bed Stuy, by the way. She, really? Yeah, yeah. She had a three-story brownstone. So what I'm saying, like it happened, the row houses in Philly. Mm-hmm. Cats was like, I won't live here. And these one like, but 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 what about the other side of that? Right, like. Is it by design? Because, yeah, you don't want to live there, but it's also not conducive to live there. You're right. But the thing is, is that... Is it not conducive at all to live there? Or is it just hard? Bro, I I went to high school on the south side, right? Like Clayton County. And if you look at it, like, you see... It's going to happen in Clayton County eventually, too. But, like, you just see it going down to the point where when I was staying there, niggas was busting in doors and shit. So they closed the whole apartment complex down. 
You know when you in the hood and they shut down a whole apartment <laughs> complex, you know it's bad. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's not so much as you don't want to stay there, I, but you can't. You know you can't. The taxes are now going down. Yeah, yeah. The school now gets bad. Like some I, of this has to. You know we. I, I think we have to. We we have to be on both sides of it. Like the people who can like sit on it. Maybe you can sit on it and not sell it as fast or try to hold out on the land. But like everybody can't be Mister Griffin. People and just people, hold out. People gotta be. People gotta look at property and communities like the party, right? Like we make the party. You know what I'm saying? Wherever we go, we make the party. Now everybody in that motherfucker, you don't want in there. But at the same time, like nigga, this is our vibe. This we gonna make this our spot. This is where we gonna kick it. And we gotta know how to goddamn have like. What I'm saying is, we literally leave our party to go to a goddamn community that they don't even want us in, and then they come in and buy that shit up from us, and they just create a whole nother party. I, I think is I think it happens different in different areas. Like to New York's point, I think New York was hard to keep it like that because it is a melting pot. Like you have a lot of communities up there, right? Atlanta is unique in the sense of it's black here and you got black people here. But the difference is we got that black class of bourgeois black people who don't mind selling out black people to get more money. And to I, me, I think that's what happens because Atlanta, even when you say it's getting gentrified from the outside looking in niggas outside of Atlanta, think Atlanta is still black as hell. They think yeah, it's still Atlanta ain't as black as like, don't they don't know, know until they, when they, I first got in. Like, like not, so I'll say this. When did you, when did you go to Clark? When did you get here? I graduated in 97. Okay. So you was here. here. Yeah. I graduated. So I seen, I, when I first was on my own, I, mean, I got out of school, I was paying $600 a month for a two bedroom, two story spot right in lower Buckhead. So I've watched it. I've watched it change, but crazy. That being said, if you look at all these communities, right, it's it's cyclical. White people live there, mm-hmm. they leave. Black people move in there, then they leave. White people come back. Mm-hmm. There's a lady uh, named uh, Dr. Barbara Antier, who's the founder of National Black Theater in Harlem. This is when Harlem was, you know, crack era. Mm-hmm. Um, also, nobody, everybody forgets how bad the heroin problem was before crack, right? And Dr. Barbara and Ted at the National Black Theater, where they bought the whole block they were on um, in Harlem, 125th Street, 5th Avenue, 125th and 126th in the surrounding block. And she used to always say to everybody, don't sell your property in Harlem. Now, this is when Harlem had, like, crackheads everywhere. There was crime. She said, no matter what you do, they're coming back to Harlem. And she'd always get the perspective. Mm-hmm. You have to remember that Harlem mm-hmm. was the place the, during the Roaring Twenties, during, you know what I'm saying, the 50s. Mm-hmm. It was the spot. It's mm-hmm. going to be that again. She Real told them all the time, she said, watch. In a little while, they're going to come in and try to take it. Sure enough, Disney came in there and did what they did. And those properties in that area, all those um, apartment buildings, those brownstones that were she bought her brownstones in the seventies for ten thousand dollars each. She bought three of them. <laughs> Those brownstones on one thirty seven between seventh and eighth are now between three million and six million dollars for brownstones. You know what be, be pissing me off? That's not like when I be hearing that shit. My dad told me this story about how he owned like thirty houses in Pittsburgh at one time. Him and this a white guy named Richard Deacon, you know, my dad, and they ended up just selling them. Why? Because they. 
Cause they had them for a while. They they would they were fl- buying them. Assets. You know what I'm saying? Just they end up just splitting their business and like let's just sell the houses. Like so my dad telling how he owned all these houses, and people tell like Derek tell me how he bought his house for twenty thousand dollars. I can't imagine. Uh, it's now a house that is selling for seven hundred thousand. Derek Bozeman? Yeah. What is house twenty thousand dollars? Still living. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And what I'm saying is. I just wish I was grown back then. Like, even now, as, like, a nigga talking about, oh, yeah, I bought my house when I was 28, 27 for $20,000. I'm like, bro, like, nigga, we ain't getting that shot, nigga. You ain't buying a house in Atlanta, a a, a move-in ready house in Atlanta, minimum four. We got, uh, our old, uh, old host, uh, Cree. Her house. She talked about how she got her house passed down to her. Exactly. You know, and now she was smart. She held on to she her. She held on to her. Shout you out know, to Chris. With the pussy palace. You may not have gotten $20,000 house, but 10 years ago, you still could have beat out a lot of these prices. I was out. Well, nigga, I was 24. I was not there. I bought, I bought my first house in Atlanta when I was 20, 25. Mm. Yeah, I wasn't mm. there. You know, some of my first house, this, this, why, this is why community is important. First house I was sold was sold to me. I was working at LaFace Records. I left. And Miss um, Benjamin, Andre Benjamin's mom's, rest in peace. Wow. She was my first realtor. And the whole conversation, I don't know if you know the story about how Andre Benjamin's mom, um, Sharon Benjamin is her name, uh, used to always tell Dre and Big Boy, pay your taxes, buy property. She mm. used to always kick that. So I bought my first house. She was like, listen to me. I'm going to tell you this right now. Forget everything else. We're going to buy this house. We're going to keep on buying property. We're going to keep on buying property. I ain't listen. I bought the first one mm-hmm. and decided I was going to get on my own shit. <laughs> but she saw, she said, Atlanta is going to pop one, one day. It's going to pop again. So if you order, she, this is what she gave me. She gave me the math. She said, if you have 10 houses for $100,000, you're a millionaire. Mm-hmm. Period. No. Mm-hmm. All a millionaire is being a millionaire on paper. Mm-hmm. So we're going to build. And by the time you 35, you're going to be a millionaire. And then I'm going to show you how to do things with your house where you can actually pull a money out if you need it, that kind of thing. Gave me all the game. Gave me all the game back then. I was hard-headed as fuck. Like, I was like, all right, whatever. Yeah, I lost that house, by the way. Being hard-headed. I was about to ask you, do you I still got that I house? Lost, I lost it. I mm. lost it. I, I lost it being dumb. I lost the house thinking that, you know what I'm saying? And, and when I tell you, I'm going to get it back, though. When I tell you, that's one of those houses that I may have paid. I had a 3% interest rate, some little like that. I may have paid $140,000 on Cascade. Damn. Damn. <laughs> Man, you had a lick. <laughs> on Cascade. Now, now with, with uh, Miss Benjamin, did she, like, Get a portfolio herself. Like, oh do you know gosh. what happened to Dre straight. Mm. If Dre held on those properties, she sh- drive me out around and show me what he had. If he held on to those, he gonna always be straight. Hey, look, yeah. we say this every time. We love y'all. We need y'all. But most importantly, we can't wait to see y'all next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Jess Eldridge podcast. Yeah.
city with T.I. Outcasts and Uwe. Everybody know about Atlanta. It's just a Gucci. Everybody know about the scammers, about the trappers. I'm what we living now. It's just that lifestyle. Turn on my podcast. I'm trying to hit it real now. Hear perspective. We gonna keep it real now. Every day we on the grind. Sometimes it's hard to tune out the outside. Oh, Tune in on the podcast, yeah. Real things, you know we gon' last, yeah. Kick it back, kick it back, kick it back.